Hey, Rick. How are you? Hey, man. Long time no see. It's been a week or less. <laughs> yeah, a week. That sounds about right. How are you? Yeah, man. Be- another beautiful day in Florida. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like the, the – so I got this jacket on, this Next.js awesome swag I bought years ago. But, um, it, it you know, Florida drops down to 60 degrees. It's time to break out a jacket. You know, I'm freezing over here. <laughs> I think our high was 60 today. Uh, it doesn't get as cold yeah. as, as people would think, but um, it goes to like 30, 32. Um, but, I mean – Ever since I moved to the U.S., I never had an issue with the cold because everything is heated. Quite the opposite, I would say. The stores are, like, always super warm in the middle of winter, yeah. and it's annoying. So, <laughs> uh, But it's it's good. Um, cool. Uh, we talk about Microsoft AI Tour, an event that I attended. Uh, on this episode, we're talking about Superbase. There was a hackathon. You participated, so this episode is all about Superbase. What do you, um, how do you describe Superbase to somebody that it is new? I know we have talked about it on the podcast before, but it has been a long time. Yeah. So get me mm-hmm. a refresher. What is Superbase and what is good for? So Superbase, it's, um, there's, there's two different ways to describe it. Uh, I think actually maybe this is the identity crisis that Superbase had. A crisis is a strong word. Uh, but you could describe it as managed Postgres with a bunch of services on top or in between and everything in between and on top, you know, from a calm gateway to PG, uh, the PG rest thing to all sorts of stuff. Um, the other way to look at it is if you want to describe it from the services angle, like that's, that's the description from the database angle. It's, it's managed Postgres. And then you go, Oh, and it does this, this, this too. If you describe it from the services angle, the other way, it's more like an MBAS or a pass or something like that. So it's, um, you know, like Firebase Remember parse back in the day. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. The, the, the OG um, rest in pieces. Uh, although it's still going on, it actually has still a pretty active community, which is kind of cool to see. I was literally on it like a month ago, like, oh, Parse, I forgot about Parse. I'm looking through it, and I'm like, man, they still got stuff going on. It's pretty cool. They went open source. They stopped running the managed version, I guess, so you can run it locally. But, yes, it's still active, and they still built a couple of things. I don't know what they have done. Maybe we should do a friction log about them. But, yes, I'm still angry at Facebook for shutting it off. Um, but That's yeah. right. Okay. Facebook bought them. I remember that. They bought them, and I remember the dev day at Facebook where Zuckerberg got up and like, oh, we brought Parse and all this stuff. It was like, oh, cool, this developer like energy around it, and then it just kind of bloop, fizzled out. Kind of well, a bummer. I guess like running was expensive. I don't know, but like it, this is a line when React was actually being pushed by Facebook. So you thought, or anybody would have thought that it was going to be perfect, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was going to be, I don't know, some sort of Vercel plus a database or something where you could also run your React projects. Yeah. I don't know. It, like, it yeah. could have been very different, but it opened up the Vercel opportunity, I think, to some degree, and now Superbase. Okay. Firebase, Parse, so you have your... So like that, Firebase, exactly. So you get like auth and... Well, I I guess in the case of Firebase, because it's an MBAS, mobile backend as a service, 
not just uh, backends and service. So you get push notifications stuff with Firebase, but you get the database part. You get all those like layered services on top, um, functions like serverless functions. Stuff. So Superbase has those things as well, all on top of Postgres. So depending on which perspective you're coming from it, my perspective was because I think at the time, I don't know if they do this anymore, but when they were kind of getting to be known what a year and a half ago or something, it was like, Hey, this is the Firebase alternative. I don't know if they talk about themselves that way as much anymore, but that was definitely the way my impression of them. They do. It's right on their like go to superbase.com and it says it's an open source Firebase alternative. <laughs> okay. And so then, they're still talking about it that way. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. And then they talk about database. They talk about the auth instant mm -hmm. APIs. Uh, which I assume is a REST interface into your Postgres database and a GraphQL, right? So they offer, they kind of give you a couple of ways to access your data, correct? Yeah, they, yeah, they have those things or you don't have to stand up those layers and they have the Kong gateway in between. You can run it all yourself if you want. Um, yeah, exactly. And then uh, in addition to those REST services, you can also stand up your own um, edge functions. functions. Yeah. And they say edge because it's Dino um, is what it is. So Okay. Yeah. Real-time subscriptions. Uh, I don't know what that means, but cool. No, they um, have a real-time component. So you can subscribe to a database change. You can – actually, you can even just, like, listen to, like, presence, like people are online or whatever, and there's just connections – um, but oh, yeah, you can listen like, to database changes and it pushes it out. And it's kind of like their version of Firestore's, um, you know, if you use, if you use Firebase's SDKs and you're listening to a change or you're like, you know, a query and a, a record changes, it'll automatically update, you know, because of the real time component that Firestore has. Same kind of idea, but they have it for, um, pursuit, uh, for Postgres. Okay. Um, what it says here, it says build multiplayer experiences with real-time data synchronization. So kind of like a Figma experience, right? A couple of people mm -hmm. working together. You could do it that way. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, in my hackathon piece, I just do a presence thing. So if, if uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but if anybody's playing the game at the same time, if there's a counter. Here's how many people are being hacked. The whole game. We'll talk about it. The whole game is about some hacker hacking your thing. And so... It shows that. We'll get to it. We will get to it. Just two more features. One is the storage. I assume it's like an S3 bucket kind of a storage uh, yeah. an API. Uh, yep. And then vector embeddings. <laughs> that's the other one that they call out. Uh, which I mean, that, that's an extension. That's a Postgres extension. They have tons of Postgres extension support already. You might even, can you install your own? I don't know. I don't remember. Or maybe you have to ask them to support or something. But yeah, they have tons of Postgres uh, extensions and PG Vector is one of them. Yeah. Uh, they just describe it as integrate your favorite ML models to store, index, and search vector embeddings. But yes, it's powered by PG underscore that. Yeah, that's just, they're, I'm sure they're calling that because that's the hot topic, right? The, the vector databases and vectorizing uh, your content and data for search and rag retrieval augmentation stuff. All that stuff is, um, is hot right now. So might as well highlight it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, anybody that it is not doing something really with AI in tools, it's probably falling behind. So this is their take, which I, I like it as a first impression because they're not yeah. trying to, I don't know. They have an editor for SQL commands, right? Like they're not trying to get you like get some sort of 
co-pilot going on, right? Like they're focusing on other stuff, which I, I appreciate. Uh, okay, so that's Superbase. Which, by the way, that's another, that's another feature worth calling out is their admin or backend interface is really well done. The, the SQL editor they have, and they, they integrate a lot of that with AI. So like one of the things they do is what's called role level security in Postgres, where you can write a, a rule or a query that gets applied to, um, each row in the database. So you can say, you know, this, it's kind of like, um, Firestore's rules. If you ever use their rules, um, I hated it. I hate yeah, it every like a, time. <laughs> it's like the, that, I don't know, the JSON slash JavaScript slash whatever their special thing was. So in this case, it's, it's, you're writing database rules, kind of like triggers, if you will, but you're saying if the request that's coming in equals this in the row or whatever, and then you can lock people out of certain rows. So then that way, when you're querying, you're just making a SQL query and all the row level security handles itself. And, um, they added AI on top of that in the backend admin part. So it's actually kind of cool. You're like, I want to protect this by doing this, this, this. And then it spits out the rule and you can like, you know, save it to your, your Postgres RLS stuff. It's pretty cool. That's kind of cool because I don't hate Superbase ones. I haven't used Superbase ones, but the Firebase ones, the, all the rules were uh, permissions and whatnot. It was really hard to, you almost had to knew, uh, know the rules before you could structure your data. So it was mm -hmm. not like to me, it was always right. hard. It was one of those things that you, I had to Google so much that I just hated it. Part uh, <laughs> of Firebase. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. At some point, I'm going to test this out in a future episode. Then we'll see if I get as frustrated as I got with Firebase. All right. And there's a whole, there's a whole philosophy around RLS too. It's like, is that a good idea? A bad idea? It's opaque. You can't like you're a developer in your system or your, your app and you don't know what those rules are. And then you jump over and they're hard to read and da 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 da. And then other people are like, no, it's amazing because X, Y, Z. So there, there's a whole like debate on that. It's actually worth talking about at some point. I, I have a lot of opinions on it, but. <laughs> Don't we all have opinions about like things like security? So I don't know. I guess if you know them and you understand how it works and what they're trying to do, you will be in for it. There was a reason why it was created. But if you don't know them or it's a different way of thinking the things that you know, that might be some pushback. But yeah, let's uh, we'll dig into that. But I want to come back to your hackathon. When was this? Yeah, so they do. I don't. I don't know how many times they do a hackathon a year, a few times a year, um, and it's always it always coincides with one of their launch weeks, with all the features they're launching. And um, I always wanted to participate in it in the last couple of years or whatever, but I just never had time. And so I had time this this winter, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to do one of these things. They're fun. Um, I, I try not to do a lot of hackathons. I, it's like. Cause I have to be really excited about it. I don't want to just chase hackathons, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm real particular about which ones I go to and stuff. But this one was like total, like, I just want to be a part of this just because I like Superbase and I don't know, I had some time. So that, that's, that's how I jumped into it. <laughs> and they well, had, um, yeah, I think hackathons are, you can, you can, with your experience, like if you have been doing them for a while, you can trick them, right? But it's not fun anymore. Like you can trick them to, you kind of like get from the kickoff what they're trying to look for and you kind of like focus on some of those things. And then of course you have some 
business and app development experience, right? And then you can use that to your advantage. And like, if you want to win a hackathon just for the sake of winning, there are people that you can tell that they're going after that. But I, I get your point. I'm also, I haven't participated in one in a while, but when I want to do it, not that I wouldn't apply any of those skills that I have, but it's not about that. It's not about winning. It's about what am I going to learn and how much fun I'm going to have. So um, yeah, yes, yeah, totally. totally get it. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So yes, I believe it was, they call it launch week 10 or launch week X. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you never know with these people if they're used the numeric, the Roman 10 versus X. Um, so uh, <laughs> launch week, there was a hackathon. Uh, what was the theme? Was there a particular feature that they were? No, um, I think the rules were something like just you got to use Superbase somehow. And I don't remember all of them, but it's just be creative. There was four or five different categories um, that you could win or that you could place in best design, most difficult or technically difficult overall. Uh, I, I don't remember all the different categories, but there was, there were several of those categories that you, you could fall in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so what did you do? Yeah. Uh, so I did a, um, I mean, I can share my screen and show it to you too. I've got it on GitHub and all that. So, and, oh, that's the other thing is it has to be open source. Um, so it is on my GitHub, but, um, I, I wanted to make just kind of a fun retro terminal based text game. Um, so this one, it's called, uh, I think 1982 versus the future or something like that. So the premise is you're, you're a system admin that has access to the most powerful computer in the world in 1982. And there's this hacker from the future that comes from the future and needs to hack your specific terminal, um, your computer, or yeah, that computer uh, to do some, to manipulate the future so that he has a better outcome in the future. And so that's his mission. You figure out you're getting hacked, and then you have to use terminal commands to lock him out of your system. And it, which is possible. It's very hard to do, by the way. Um, because he's from the future, right? <laughs> so he yeah, knows yeah, yeah. all your loopholes on your 1982, whatever you're using. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like a back and forth. So you're running a command. He's running a command. He's installing stuff on your computer. You can try to counter that. Um, that that's the game. And I'm using an LLM to do that. So he is the LLM. So you can run legit commands, Linux commands or whatever. Um, and he'll run commands, but the LLM is like keeping track of all of this at the same time. And it, it's actually quite funny. Some of the stuff that happens that, that happened to me, I've, I probably played it a hundred times after I beat it just to see how it goes. And uh, it, it's, it's quite hilarious. Some of the stuff that happens. <laughs> all right. So you have a 1982 terminal. Um, I, I have the rules here. It was, you had 10 days to build it. I had to be open source. You started somewhere around 9 a.m. Pacific time, December 8th. The submission was Sunday midnight, uh, December 17th. You could enter as an individual or as a team. You did it by yourself. Uh, and the rules were, or the prices were around best overall project, best use of AI, 
most fun or best Easter egg. So that's the third one. Most technically, uh, technically impressive and most visually pleasing. Those were the five categories. And <laughs> judges were looking for obviously creativity and invent, uh, I don't know how to pronounce inventiveness or something like that. Functions correctly and smoothly, visually pleasing, technically impressive, use of super base features, of course, and fun. <laughs> um, all right, so that was it. I like your summary. Uh, show me something. Go ahead. Let's go. And share All right. Your yeah, I can share my. I think I got the share thing enabled here. Let's see here. Share screen. Let's do the GitHub repo share. You see my screen? Uh, I am bringing it over. I think we have it on the studio now. Uh, yes. All right. So you, you can just go to github.com slash rblaylock slash 1982 versus the future. And um, it's open source, so you can use it. It's all integrated with um, OpenAI and Superbase. Um, let's see here. So how about we just play the game? If I click on this, is it going to keep the share link? Actually, let me just copy the link and then replace the screen. Oops. I messed that up. Hold on. Link address. All right, it did it. Did it go to it? Right? Yes, I think it did. I see yeah. two active terminals. One, maybe somebody's trying to play two. Yeah, a couple people played every once in a while. All right, so the idea is like this kind of skeuomorphic terminal. You can turn it on. I don't know if if this will record the sound coming from here, but everything has like a little bit of a sound. It has like a little click. I log in here. It's just this kind of terminal thing. You notice, like, I don't know if you can see it on your screen, but there's this green flicker and then the and the scan line, like an there old CRT monitor. CRT, yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I love it. Um, <laughs> and then so you're just dropped. The whole point of this idea is, like, you're just dropped in this terminal like normal. Like, this is an everyday thing. I put this little sticky note here on the bottom right that says, get this done today. So – Hopefully, someone who knows how to use terminals is like, oh, I need to move something to something. Okay, what do I need to do? And they start playing with commands, and they can kind of figure it out. And then once you tr attempt to do something similar to what that sticky note says, that's when the game kicks off. Okay. Uh, before we do that, though, you can type, like, help, and then it'll spit out whatever stuff. Um, it's funny. It's kind of – okay, here we go. Um so like, like music was kind of fun. This was one of the Easter eggs. So you can play music while you're doing stuff. So let's play, uh, let's play the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. So then, I, is it is it playing music? I don't even know. I hear it. Okay. So anyway, you can you can play that. You can play um, one of the guys at Superbase does his own music, electronic music. So you can play that one. There's the Superbase. Pretty good, actually. So anyway, you can play music while you're playing, you know, goofing around. Um, I just hope that uh, YouTube doesn't take our video down because we just played. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe we can cut that part out. <laughs> I forgot. About, I didn't think about that. Um, if you're going to play the game, by the way, if you go to the GitHub thing and hit the link, the only thing you need to do is you can type in settings to see, but 
Um, you'll need to set an open AI key because I'm not going to um, pay for people to play. So you just need to set the open AI, your open AI key, and then it'll work. You can also, this is another little Easter egg. You can change the hacker from the future, his style. And oh my goodness, some of these are hilarious. Um, like legit hilarious. The boomer is pretty funny. The middle manager is pretty funny too. I, I, I should have recorded some of the stuff, did, but it's, it's pretty great. The ninja is funny because every time he talks to you, he quotes Sun Tzu, you know, the guy who wrote Art of War. So, but he's from the future. So it's like this futuristic Sun Tzu who's hacking your computer. It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Let's try uh, the middle manager. I want to see that one. Oh, the minimum. Okay, hold on. Let me uh, let me get back to let me go back to um, oops, clear uh, settings. So, what'd you say? You said settings, character, middle manager, middle right? Manager. There you go. Yes. All right. You are now playing against the middle manager. Sweet. Okay. So to, to get it kicked off, you just do ls or dir or whatever, and then you'll be like, oh, okay. These are my my things, you notice my, my to-do here is move the new codes from the current folder to the new one. So if you just said like move new codes, you know, to um, quantum cryptid drive. So as soon as you do that, like stuff starts going wrong. Uh-oh, there's a problem. Sys is not responding. Check logs. You can check the logs. And then now... Blah, the game starts. Outside connection detected. I guess I'm going to have to read this for people that are listening and not watching, huh? Yeah, probably. All right. So now, uh, now I'm in the game. And, and you can do two things. You can actually, because it's a text-based adventure, right? You can talk to it like the old police quest, King's Quest of old. You can be like, what can I do? Um, who are you? That kind of stuff. And, but as as well as like Linux commands or whatever. So I can say, who is this? <laughs> it's different every right. time you play. Yeah, I'm going to try to read this one for whoever is listening to. Uh, it says uh, under square brackets Phantom, and it says the name is Phantom. I suppose you could consider me a colleague in the grand game of information exchange. So you are more in the limelight wielding control over the world's most potent terminal as for me i'm more behind the scenes let's have a productive day shall we we don't know this there is no hurry we shall get there someday so this millbuyer is quoting it's writing quotes uh and it's uh quite an interesting talk from our friend Pooh, don't you think right it's it's that's good. right it's i good. forgot I forgot this character. He he's a middle manager from the future who quotes Winnie the Pooh as like wisdom. That's the other aspect of this, which is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> it's like he actually there is an, a legit quote from Pooh that when I was playing one time, and I was I was looking for like some key that I would I could use to hack his connection, and he comes back and he goes. You're looking for all the places it isn't. You need to look for all the places it is, <laughs> which is the Winnie the Pooh quote. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, oh, that's cool. Right, that's so cool. I can continue on like chatting with him. I can say, you know, why are you here? But Or I can start trying to block 
his connection or do whatever. Oh, here we go. Oh, if you're listening to this and not looking at the streaming version of it, you definitely have to do it. Take your time. Um, it's it's good. There's a lot of text. It's quite the talker. Maybe it's because it's a middle batter. Um, but <laughs> listen, at the very end, he goes. After all, doing nothing often leads to doing the very best of something. But in our <laughs> case, I think doing something will lead us to a rather exciting endgame. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. So yeah, so you can keep doing this, or I, I'm going to block his connection or whatever. So you, you can also do like pseudo commands. So you don't have to be exact. Now the game is told the more exact you are correct you are with your commands the more likely you have a chance of succeeding in that command if you just kind of do it free form you have less of a chance because he's from the future right so he can that's that's the whole point but like i can say tracer t i don't remember how to do tracer t what um i'll just do tracer t and it'll know what what i'm trying to do Right, so I'm trying to look at phantom.spy.network. <laughs> so there you go. See, you got it's so it's doing the tracer T over 30 hops, and it's the LLM is generating this. Um, so you oh, didn't come up fun. with overseas.cable as a <laughs> No, 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 this is all like made up on the spot. <laughs> uh, request timeout. Uh, okay. It might be a good idea to refresh your IP configuration or take further. That's so funny. So, like, I'll do a pseudo command. I'll be like block phantom.spy.network, right? So, like, this is what you type, but let's just pretend yeah. it's IP block. Enter. The LLM will know what I'm trying to. There you go. So, here you go. It's now using IP tables. Kind of funny, actually, clever. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you notice like so I'm attempting to do it and then Phantom chimes in with the banter well played I admire your swift action like a little black rain couch over, over my objectives <laughs> okay Eeyore but let's not forget a date without a friend is like a pot without a single drop of honey left inside I hope to breach your defenses soon um, now, now you'll notice he just ran a command um, yep so he's scanning. Pretty funny, right? Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> and then you have all this music going on, and that's I like it. Yeah, and and uh, let me. I'll end this round. There's two, actually, two rounds. Um, if you beat him this round, you go to the next round. Um, and that round, you only have five turns to beat him. In this round, I think you have twenty turns to beat him. This one you have five turns, so you have to do it really quick, and he's a lot smarter. So very hard to beat him. Um, there, I did like a system status, and so I'm good right now, um, which is great. Lots of things you can do, but there's an Easter egg. If you want to just win instantly, you run super base and it, and it's like God mode. You just win right away. You were trying to win the judges by using Superbase init as a command. Right? Of course. I mean, that was one of the things was the Easter egg. Actually, remind me, Cesar, we'll talk about that and how to win a hackathon because I learned some things here. <laughs> uh, so, so there you go. So I beat him. Kind of funny. Um, 
So now the night goes by, you awake realizing you never left your desk, and now you're here again. And um, right. So then if I if I do ls, now there's this new file on my system. You'll see. He so said he left a file called Miss Me Yet. Yeah, dot Python. Python is dangerous, my friends. Uh, you should not <laughs> Never run. open a Python file that says Miss Me Yet. So like if I wanted to open that, um, or just do cat miss me yet.py. Or the new, uh, let's just was, do Vim, right? What was or the name? Uh, it was Ward's uh, macros, right? That had viruses on it. This is this yeah, is yeah. version of it. <laughs> exactly. So there. So I'm, I just opened it up. So what happens is, as soon as you open it up, as the content displays, the code is automatically executed, and a time portal opens again. And then immediately Phantom re-enters the system. Phantom says, ah, the sweet, sweet set of system right for the taking. And so he's back, right? So now I have five five turns to beat him, and he's really hard. So I can just be like block Phantom's IP. I'll just do a dorky pseudo command like that. Um, I, I did like that in that Python file, the function was open time portal, and now he's back. He's like... I wish I had that to deliver my projects on time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, he's funny. So Phantom responds, "Oh bother." <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Uh, so then he starts doing crazy things. There's really funny stuff though. By the way, so I, at one point in this game, I I mounted. I figured out where he was at. Figured out the computer also, and I mounted a dr his drive onto my system. And then I started looking through his system. There's some Easter eggs in that, by the way. You can figure out his backstory and who the hacker is if you do that. Um, so I did all that. And then I removed, I just erased it, just RMRF, you know, forward slash, right? And um, he ran a command called temporal restoration or something. <laughs> He's making stuff up, right? It's like, well, my system's, you don't know this command, it's way more. So he basically just reround time so that I couldn't do it. <laughs> It's like it's like impossible to beat at this point, which is pretty funny. Oh man! So I'm just gonna do super base in it and beat him again, so we don't have to, we don't have to do this whole thing. But um, but you are a listener or a viewer should definitely go through it. Um, now you know the cheat codes, but it's good. <laughs> there you go. Suddenly, surprising turn of events unfolds. Stupid base event and it triggers an unexpected chain reaction. Systems crash. Phantom sucked back into the future. Blah blah blah. Um, and that's it. And you win. And that's the nice. end of it. Pretty funny, nice. right? Nice. Yes, it's good. It's good. Uh, old school feel game. Um, it uses <laughs> yeah. LLM. Uh, there are a ton of fun things in Easter eggs. Um, so uh, it was all for fun. Uh, tell me, what what technologies do you use with this? So, I mean, OpenAI for the LLM thing. So that's all, I think I was using GPT-4 Turbo, one of the Turbo models. I don't remember which one. It's mm -hmm. in the code base. But um, so I was using that for the LLM, Next.js for the whole interface, the whole React stuff. It's hosted on Vercel. Um, and then Superbase for the database, 
uh, PG vector. Oh, that's something I didn't show you. So you can actually, if you go into the system, there's a, you know, you type help um, and you see your commands. One of them is search. So you can type search and then ask a question. So you can say like, what are the most common ways players have defeated the hacker from the future? And then it'll do a rag. So it'll go through vector search, find, or you can ask specific things like, how many times did IP tables actually get the IP or, or, or whatever tracer T actually did a trace route and found the phantom guy or whatever. You can ask those questions and then it'll pull instances of the game that other people have played up and say, Oh, well three times this is what happened. And then the player did this to do this one time phantom blocked the player by doing this, whatever. So if you type search and do that, it's a whole rag system. Um, okay. there, which is pretty cool. So, so that would be the PG vector extension there for that, which I, I totally forgot to demo that, but that's, that's another cool part of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, OpenAI next year has super base with PG vector. Uh, and you talk about rack. I don't know if we talked about it last week on our previous episode, uh, retrieval augmented Generation is that the mm -hmm. is that the acronym? Um, which yeah. is basically uh, mobiles are uh, like uh, GPT four I are talking time. Uh, whenever they train them, that's what they know. So RAG is kind of like a way to go and search, make the model add more information without retraining it, which has been a big deal. Um, for a lot of use cases, because now you don't get data from I don't know to uh, 2022, I think is GPT-4 based out of. Um, so you can add data into your model. Um, what else? What, uh, I guess, I mean, cool game and everything. Did you win? Did you like any of the categories yeah. that we talk about? So, I, mean, so I, I got I got runner up for the best design or best looking, whatever that, that category is for like the look and design or whatever it's called. I don't remember. Most visually pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I got runner up for that. So in hindsight, I will say in hindsight, I, th I think because I was building a game that I wanted people to play and explore the way I approached the hackathon entry was like, Oh, I want them to try it out and to explore and to experience like the, uncovering how this works because i think it, it actually as a game is kind of cool like you're like what happens next what if i did this what if i did that and there's some crazy stuff like i, I actually um for example i put just like that miss me yet dot pie thing that that he did i put one on my so he's trying to find the nuke codes is what he's trying to do so i put i i changed like some file encrypted it quote unquote um, that were the new codes, but actually it was, um, a script. If he ran it, it would erase his thing and it works. Like he literally, that's how I won the game that way. So there's like, I wanted people to like, just try and play stuff. But however, in hindsight, this is a hackathon entry, not just a game. I should have given more examples of that and, and explicitly said, Use search to do this. Use this to do this. Here's some examples of what happens. Because I didn't put myself in the judge's seat. They've got to judge, I don't know, however many, 100 projects. They don't have time to go through and explore and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think I should have done that because I feel like I could have gotten first in a few of those categories if it would have been more obvious what was going on. 
Um, because I, actually, I don't even know if they they created an account because when I looked at the Superbase Entis instance, you have to create an account to uh, like I have a login, um, yeah, and and I didn't see any accounts created, so I, I don't know. Um, I, I that's a lesson learned. I should think about like, oh wait, these people don't have time <laughs> just to play the game. They're trying to judge these really quick. And then the other thing is, I probably should have focused on one category. What I was doing is like, oh, I could probably touch on like three categories or whatever of this and and i, I probably the, should have focused on one of them the first category is the one that uh that really probably brought you right best overall project and by overall you were trying to cover the other four things so you use ai you had easter eggs it was technically impressive because it was also real commands and things like that like to me that's the way i learned networking and some of those commands like you could that the sky's the limit, right? With having some sort of an AI system to do that. Um, and then it was visually pleasing. So you kind of like went for the first one by covering the other four and probably that gave you um, the the win on any maybe visually pleasing. I I look I think it looks pretty cool and skewful morphic design. I hope it comes back. I miss it so much. Everything is flat right now. Um, That's but, so funny. I was literally thinking about that yesterday. Like, you know, because there was um, there was something I saw, and I'm like, this actually is really nice. It's skeuomorphic, but it's nice. So I, I do kind of miss some of that. I agree. <laughs> I got the, the shout out to Michael Florup, I think is the name, uh, a book author that created a couple of books with the iOS app icons and the macOS app icons. I'm going to put the show in the in the uh, uh, the notes in the show notes. <laughs> Um, and there was a lot of history of icons. It's just like a hundred pages of icons and a few few biographies. I just got it from Kickstarter. Um, it's awesome. Like, and I miss so much. So, like, I was just going through it over the weekend, and it's just I don't know. Uh, I think we're we're past the flat phase. I don't know. Um, cool. Uh, all right. So, one uh, last question for you. What did you learn apart from? playing the game, right? Like, or playing the, the hackathon game, which we just talked. What other things did you learn that you didn't uh, you didn't know before joining the hackathon? Um, so, I mean, definitely on the hackathon, Pete, and I've, I, most hackathons I've ever entered, I've won. <laughs> I just, and that's not like a pride thing. That's just like very selective. Like, oh, I think I can win this. I'm going to enter it. Or I enter it with people like my cousin Matt and John Alter, you know, and then like and we and like, all right, we're gonna so I I I um in I understand what I did wrong there. So that was actually really good learnings. And that's such a it, it's not a hackathon thing. It's a it's a empathetic thing. You, because it's a product thing. When you when you're thinking about the person, the end person that's gonna use it, in this case it's a judge. Not necessarily a user; it's a judge slash user. In this case, you're thinking about what are their pains right now. Well, their pains are they've got to judge a hundred projects. What are their pains? Well, they've got to figure out this. They got, to, and um, that's actually a key to winning a hackathon. But that's a key to building a product. Um, and so I just I got so engrossed in the game that I forgot about the judges. Um, that so that that's that's a reflection I think um, for me. Um, Technically, uh, I, you know, I, 
I went this this is an, uh, this is an interesting thing. So I was going to build all the API stuff in Dino. I was going to use Superbase functions. Um but in the end it was just easier to build those APIs in Next.js because I'm going to host them on Vercel. Like there's no setup, there's no config, there's no and then Dino has a little bit of a DX. I don't know if you ever used Dino before. Dino's awesome. I love Dino. But the DX part of like how you import modules and then you have to like keep track of them in a map and all these things that like I think that they should do for you in the background. Like, why are you making me do this? Um, I, it was just enough friction, just enough friction to where I'm like, eh, I'm not going to mess with Superbase functions. I'll just do it in Vercel. Cause it's, it, it'll take me no time to do it. Um, not, not saying that it's difficult to do things in Dino. I, I'm not saying that at all. It's just, it was that much enough friction from a DX perspective that I'm like, I ain't got time for this. I'm going to do it next. Um, well, of all the features that, that, of all the features that we saw at Superbase, the one that really like every time I see Superbase, I see Next.js and Vercel right next to it, right? Like a pretty good combo. Um, yeah, and sure. the edge functions, as they call it, versus the Vercel or the Next.js APIs, it's the one feature that they kind of like compete with each other, right? Because it's technically for the same purpose. Vercel will deploy it on an edge network too, so you can, and it's yep. serverless, and it's like, it's to me, it was, uh, I guess this is a question at some point that I was going to make you, which is like, which one would you pick? And you just answer that it is not difficult. It's just not as easy as the alternative right now. If you didn't have Vercel running those um, Next.js API, um, then you wouldn't have had a choice, which means you will probably have gone through it. But having an easy, a simpler choice made you go towards that. That's cool. Okay. It's good to know. Yeah. I mean, it was literally, that was just a choice. Like I've got this, just no time at all to set it up. It's really what it was. Okay. Cool. Um, Anything that you like the, have you used PG vector before for the, for the vector stuff? Like I have, I have actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So none none of that was new to me. Um, It's easy to use. I mean, it's, that's, it's not really that hard. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's all in that GitHub repo, so feel free to copy any of it. <laughs> it's all MIT, baby. <laughs> you have to make it open source, which means somebody can look at it and um, and tell you. Oh, OpenAI keys, you, you mentioned you have to provide your own. I guess you, you just cache that in the browser session, right? You never actually store it yeah. anywhere? Yeah. No, I don't store it anywhere. I just store it in your – you should probably delete it, you know, when you're done. Yeah, <laughs> which I think I say that when you said it, I think I put a message up there. Um, but I don't store any of that stuff. I don't want to store people's API keys, man. Not for a why hackathon not? piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, why not? Actually, that's a great way to get a bunch of API key usage free. Rotate those keys every time I get throttled. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess this is a good time to stop because now our ideas are not as ethical. Um, <laughs> it's the best time to keep going, man. <laughs> At least the recording, you know. But um, I really hope that you had fun. It seems like you did. It seems uh, a very cool game. Uh, everybody should go and play it if you're watching this. I mean, you already went through 40 minutes of us talking about it. Now it's time for you to go and play it. Uh, 
congrats, Rick, because, I mean, runner-up or whatever. I know there was a bunch of swag and stuff like that. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, but if anything, it's just it's just a nice story. Uh, it's just a nice piece of code, and I'm sure uh, that opens up new ideas. So uh, thank you for oh, yeah. sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. It's fun. You know, I'm thinking about revamping my personal site to that because it's kind of cool. Uh, actually what I'm thinking about doing is making a quote unquote sequel and the sequel is my personal site, but the sequel is the hacker's terminal from the future and, and it's going the other way. <laughs> so then it's like cool, like Tron looking interface instead of, uh, the old 1982 CRT looking thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll do it. It'd be kind of fun. That would be fun. Um, and you can stream it and we all can see it and have fun with it. Um, that could be a theme for like, imagine that you actually don't get your recruiters from LinkedIn asking about your stuff. You just give them the link and you're like, play my game for, if you want to buy my resume, like just go <laughs> play the game. If you're good enough, then I'll tell you. Uh, I love it. I love it. If you can beat the hacker from the future, I'll talk to you. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> hey man, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Um, We'll put the links to different to the hackathon announcement and your repo and a bunch of other stuff in the show notes. And until the next one, I'll see you, Rick. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Cesar. Ciao. Bye bye.